It's April 8th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Before we get started today, I want to remind our listeners that Chris and I rely heavily on great reporting done by outlets around the world. If you want to check our sources, be sure to visit the show notes. Additionally, the only way we make this show work is through the support of members of the DSR Network. If you value this podcast or any of our other work, please consider becoming a member today for just $5 a month at our website, thedsrnetwork.com. Our top story today? In two separate communications, Russian soldiers described questioning Ukrainian soldiers as well as civilians and then shooting them in Bukha, according to intelligence officials familiar with the findings. The radio communications also indicated potential involvement of the Wagner Group, a private Russian militia which has been used in other countries to obscure Russia's involvement in conflicts. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, said yesterday that Ukraine had rolled back some of the proposals it made during the last in-person round of negotiations, saying that Kyiv's new negotiating position highlights Kyiv's true intentions its position of dragging and even undermining the talks by moving away from the understandings reached earlier. Belarus also complicated the peace talks process when their dictator Viktor Lukashenko said, There can be no separate deals behind Belarus's back, and there can be no negotiations without his country's involvement. This weekend, it is likely that we will see a significant shift in focus for the Russian forces towards consolidating its gains in the Donbass with Ukraine's foreign minister, Dmitry Kulba, saying the Battle for Donbass is underway. The Donbass has been an area of gray zone conflict for Russia and Ukraine since 2014. In an important first, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin acknowledged that the U.S. is providing intelligence to Ukrainian forces to conduct operations in the Donbass. Following the approval of $100 million of additional military aid to Ukraine on Tuesday and the $300 million in military aid approved last Friday, the U.S. is sending Ukraine thousands of Stinger anti-aircraft systems, Javelin anti-armor systems, and other anti-armor systems, 50 million rounds of ammunition, and hundreds of unmanned aerial systems. Find a full rundown of all the equipment being sent on CNN. As talks continue to bubble up about Finland and Sweden joining NATO, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said yesterday that if the two traditionally neutral countries joined the alliance, Russia would need to rebalance the situation and make our western flank more sophisticated in terms of ensuring our security. Politico is reporting that German Chancellor Olaf Scholz is delaying a final decision over whether to give Ukraine high-end tanks for its battle against Russia, despite pressure from several other top officials, according to four people familiar with the deliberations. For the first time, Dmitry Peskov admitted that, quote, We have had significant losses of troops, and that is a huge tragedy for us, end quote. His admission that Russia has suffered significant casualties is striking, and that on March 25th, Russia's Ministry of Defense said 1,351 of its soldiers had been killed in combat. Ukraine puts Russian deaths at almost 19,000. 
the Senate unanimously passed major legislation late Wednesday to revive a World War II-era program, allowing Joe Biden to more efficiently send weapons and other supplies to Ukraine. The program, known as Lend-Lease, was created during World War II and was seen as a game-changer in the conflict, as it allowed the U.S. to quickly resupply the Allies without time-consuming procedural hurdles. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen and top diplomat for the bloc Josep Borrell are en route to the Ukrainian capital of Kyiv. The European Commission chief is set to meet with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky sometime today. The United Nations General Assembly on Thursday suspended Russia from the UN Human Rights Council over reports of gross and systematic violations and abuses of human rights in Ukraine prompting Moscow to announce it was quitting the body. The U.S.-led push garnered 93 votes in favor, while 24 countries voted no and 58 countries abstained. In a resolution adopted with 513 votes to 22 and 19 abstentions on Thursday, members of the European Parliament called for additional punitive measures, including an immediate full embargo on Russian imports of oil, coal, nuclear fuel, and gas. Existing sanctions must now be fully and effectively implemented throughout the EU and by the EU's international allies as a matter of priority, insist the MEPs. Meanwhile, Hungary received the first shipment of nuclear fuel for its Pox nuclear power plant from Russia by air on Wednesday, after the war in Ukraine made shipping by rail impossible. Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis urged Europe on Thursday to quickly find a way to address soaring gas and power prices, which have dented household income, or risk seeing the forces of populism reappear in the continent. We touched on this a little yesterday in Deep State Radio, but there is some real concern here that populists are on the march in Europe and elsewhere. As economic sanctions and the war continue to hit average European and American citizens at home, governments will need to find new ways to support their voters economically or risk electoral defeat and a reprieve for Russia from friendly populist governments. At least a dozen U.S. shale gas executives on Wednesday held discussions with European energy officials on increasing U.S. fuel supplies to Europe as part of efforts to replace Russian imports. The meeting, coordinated by the American Exploration and Production Council, along with LNG allies, focused on ways to move Europe off Russian gas, including the need for more infrastructure in the United States and Europe, AXPCC CEO Ann Bradbury said. Russian-aligned hackers compromised the social media accounts of dozens of Ukraine's military officers, attempting to upload videos of defeated and surrendering Ukrainian soldiers before being stopped by Meta, a new report revealed. Meta traced the effort to take over the social media accounts of dozens of Ukraine's military leaders back to a shadowy hacker organization known as Ghostwriter, which has previously been linked to Russia's ally, Belarus. The head of the Russian Orthodox faith was quoted as saying on Thursday that his church and its faithful were holding back the Antichrist. While he was not quoted specifically referring to Ukraine, Patriarch Kirill's comments backed the Kremlin line on the war by implying that Russia's actions there were a forced response to a foreign aggressor. 
Although we try to avoid spending too much time on it on this show, the religious underpinnings of this conflict are interesting as both Russia and Ukraine are two of the more religious countries in the world. I just want to note here that there has not been a full-throated disownment of Patriarch Kirill by the Christian community at large. So just speaking for me, as a Christian, I find his views repugnant and a stain on our shared faith, and I hope the World Council of Churches and others speak out against him as well. That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, tune in to our sister podcasts on the DSR Network, like Next in Foreign Policy and Deep State Radio. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.